You've heard Rex Barney give that fan a contract. Now it's time to give that fan a podcast. Dive into some Orioles baseball talk with your host, Ryan Blake. back to another episode of Give That Fan a Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Blake. Happy opening day. We made it through the spring. We made it through the offseason, and it's finally here. I'm not sure if I'll be able to actually watch the game tomorrow because I do not have TV where I am right now, and Masson hasn't given us any update on the streaming service that they promised us two months ago, but that's okay. I'm excited nonetheless. I can always try to find a stream on Reddit or something, maybe go to a, a local bar, but uh, nonetheless, baseball's back. And I'm very excited. I hope you all enjoy your opening day. I hope those of you who are able to make it to the home opener uh, do so safely. Uh, take consider take into consideration the people around you. Be safe. Be smart. And uh, and have fun. I won't be able to make it until the Sunday afternoon game, uh, April the 11th. I bought my tickets today. Single game tickets are now on sale. So uh, I- I'm I'm pumped to get back to the stadium. I get to take my girlfriend to a game finally, and uh, and and we made it. So. So uh, welcome to the 2021 Orioles baseball season. It might not be easy, it might not be fun, but we're going to try to have a good time. Uh, so it's been a little bit. I haven't posted in a while. Uh, it's been, I guess, probably four weeks now since I've done, done an episode, and that's for a number of reasons. I'm still adjusting to the new job. Um, I'm struggling to get guests. Uh, I, I talked a big game. I had, uh, you know, I had Matt Blood and Keith Law and and Kevin Brown on the podcast and and I was getting all these guests and people were asking me how are you getting all these people and I you know it's it's really as simple as reaching out and I I talked a big game but ever since I've started saying that I I've I've struck out uh, I've reached out to a few people who haven't gotten back to me and uh it it's it's not easy to to get to get guests on the show um you know it it is as simple as reaching out sometimes but you can't guarantee a response from everybody uh, so we'll see what happens with uh, with the future of this show. I still plan on bringing guests on uh, at times, but uh, the the name of the show is Give That Fan a Podcast. So what kind of podcast would I be if I didn't give that fan an opportunity to come on the show and speak? And so that's what I'm thinking about doing as, as we move forward with this podcast. Um, I want to go to uh, a video format. I'm not sure if I'll do that live or if I will just have the video posted somewhere, but I definitely want to get video incorporated into it, and I would like to bring a few different fans on each week, uh, whether they're well-known in the Orioles social media community or not, and uh, just talk some baseball. I think that'd be a lot of fun to to just kind of bring on the casual fan and, 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 and talk some Orioles. So I think that's what I'm going to try to do in the future. That's uh, a lot still in the works in that regard, of course, but... Um, yeah, I'm going to keep trying to put these episodes out. Uh, you know, my goal obviously is each week. That's not always going to happen, but uh, I, I'm, I'm having some fun. Um, I recorded an episode a couple weeks ago uh, with my girlfriend, actually, because uh, I, I wanted to get something out. And uh, she was great, but I thought the episode as a whole uh, kind of sucked, if I'm being honest. I don't consider myself very good at uh, doing what I'm doing right now, which is talking to myself into a microphone. Um, 
there are, are podcasts out there. I mean, if you listen to Locked On Orioles with Connor Newcomb, he's it's 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 natural for him. Uh, even you know when he doesn't have guests on the show and he's just doing his thing, uh, he's he's very good at it. I don't I don't see myself in that same light. Maybe I'm just too critical of myself, but I feel like I have a tendency to just kind of ramble when I'm when I'm talking uh, to myself uh, on the podcast. So uh, that's another reason I want to start bringing some fans on. It, it's it's good to have dialogue. Um, and uh, yeah, I had I had my girlfriend ask me uh, questions that were submitted on Twitter. Uh, she didn't know how to pronounce Nick Marcakis. That was fun. Uh, but she, she sat next to me and it, it felt like I was having a conversation with someone. So that, that helped a little bit, but I still felt like I was just kind of rambling. And so I didn't get around to posting it because I take pride in the quality of my work. And if I put out something, you know, there, there's, there's two different ways to look at it. And, and I, I'm a big proponent of if you want to start a podcast or if you want to start blogging or whatever it may be. Don't get, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Don't get discouraged if no one cares at first. Um, just keep putting out content. It, it's a matter of continuing to do what you're doing, and eventually people will start to take notice. And and I'm a big proponent of that. However, I'm also my own biggest critic. And if I feel like a product that I'm preparing is not suitable, it does not live up to my standards, then I'm I'm probably going to keep it to myself. And and so so that's what I did with that episode and that's why it's been a little bit more of a gap than I would like uh between posting these episodes but nonetheless in a nutshell uh I'd like to start bringing fans onto the show. I will uh try to keep going with some interviews. I know you all have enjoyed those and uh and I've enjoyed them too. Uh but in the meantime, uh it's it's going to be me and 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 hopefully some fans along the way and and some guests as well so um also throughout the season uh make sure you're following at birdland sports if you're uh frustrated with the network that broadcasts orioles games and is supposed to have a post game show i know they they now say they will have a 30 minute post game show but um the guys over at section 336 if you haven't heard by now have put together a great program a lot of orioles bloggers podcasters getting together and after every game there will be a post game show uh, it'll be streaming on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and uh, I, I highly recommend following at Birdland Sports on all of those platforms and uh, and tuning into Birdland tonight following Orioles games. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to be a participant in it. I know I've mentioned it once or twice before on the show, but but make sure you're following them. It's it's going to be a fun season, and we're excited to have an interactive post game show. You can comment along. You can type any of the platforms that we're streaming on. If you type in the comments, we'll see it. If we want to answer the question or, or have a discussion point, we can pull that up onto the screen and and talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. So uh, it's it's going to be a variety of faces. A lot of different people are participating, and it, it will not be the same every night. I might be doing it once a week, twice a week, once every couple weeks. We'll see how it, it shakes out as the season goes along, but uh, definitely follow at Birdland Sports, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk some baseball. The Orioles' 26-man roster is not quite finalized. We will know for sure at some point before first pitch today. But as it stands now, it looks like the catchers will be Pedro Severino and Chance Sisko. In the infield, Trey Mancini, Freddie Galvis, Michael Franco, Rio Ruiz, Pat Vileka, Ramon Urias. In the outfield, Ryan Mountcastle, Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Anthony Santander. Starting rotation has been announced. 
John Means will be the anchor, Matt Harvey, Bruce Zimmerman, Jorge Lopez, followed by Dean Kramer in the five spot. And then the bullpen looks like it'll be Tanner Scott, Dylan Tate, Cesar Valdez, Paul Fry, Cole Solcer, recently acquired Adam Plutko from the Indians, Wade LeBlanc I expect to be there, and the Orioles are also keeping both Rule 5 picks, Max Groller and Tyler Wells. Uh, on the injured list to start the season will be Chris Davis and outfielder DJ Stewart. And on the paternity list to start the year, he will miss up to three games, is relief pitcher Sean Armstrong. So uh, once Sean is able to return, uh, we'll see who the odd man out of that bullpen is. Um, I don't really have an expectation as of as of right now. It wouldn't surprise me to see the Orioles uh, return Max Groller to, I think it was the Reds we, we took him from in the Rule 5. Uh, I, I could be wrong on that, but it wouldn't surprise me to, to see him end up uh, biting the bullet there. Uh, when DJ Stewart returns, they may send down a bat. I think uh, it, it could be Rio's job to lose, if if I'm being honest. Um, you know, that, w- that would leave us with five outfielders, but those are five guys who I think deserve to be on the team. Uh, Stewart could also be optioned to AAA when he returns. We'll see what happens in that regard. Uh, notable absences from the roster, I mentioned the guys who will be on IL and paternity leave. Uh, Travis Lake and Sr. did not make the bullpen. Yomer Sanchez, designated for assignment and cleared waivers. He was uh, who many expected to be the Orioles' starting second baseman. Now it may be Urias, it may be Vileka, it may be Ruiz. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Zach Pop was uh, added to the Marlins' 40-man roster, and he has made the team out of spring training. He's a guy I was really hoping would uh, not make the Marlins and end up returned to the Orioles' Uh, live arm out of the bullpen, and I was I was hoping that we'd keep him around, uh, but that's a, a conversation for a different day. Keegan Aiken was optioned to AAA Norfolk. Uh, no real surprise there considering his spring performance, but he's a guy who a lot of people expected uh, coming into the season to be the Orioles' number three, even num- maybe number two starter ahead of Dean Kramer. Uh, so Aiken will start the season in AAA. I don't think he'll be down for long. The Orioles don't need a sixth pitcher for uh, for a while now. And uh, with with Bruce Zimmerman earning a rotation spot, Jorge Lopez getting the four spot, and Dean Kramer uh, taking the the fifth role over Keegan Aiken, uh, he will be down for the foreseeable future. Uh, but I don't think that's a long term thing. And then uh, King Felix, much to my dismay, opted out of his contract. Uh, I will miss him dearly. I will fondly remember the Felix Hernandez Baltimore Oriole era. Uh, one of my favorite pitchers of all time. I was really hoping that things would work out with him, but uh, had elbow issues in the middle of spring, hadn't pitched in a while, and opted out of his contract. He is now a free agent once again. I'm going to go ahead and get to some questions uh, that people submitted on Twitter. Uh, some I asked for uh, predictions, um, comments, concerns, questions, whatever it may be, things that, that you all wanted to hear me talk about, and so uh, I'll talk about them. Uh, a few over-unders to start things off. Uh, 64 and a half wins is the over/under uh, for the Baltimore Orioles, and I gotta be honest, that over looks pretty good to me. Um, the Orioles, we know we're not gonna be good this year, but there are some redeeming qualities. There are some decent, there's some decent upside in that rotation if if John Means uh, can keep that uptake in velocity uh, and and pitch, maybe not like an ace, but if he can be the Orioles' ace. Uh, then, then that's certainly uh, I will welcome that. Uh, Matt Harvey, I kind of have high expectations for, which is weird because he was just kind of a a pickup that that 
you know, it didn't really feel necessary, but he's had a good spring, and uh, I'm I'm hoping that that he does well. Uh, Bruce Zimmerman obviously had a great spring up until his last start. Uh, Jorge Lopez has been pretty solid throughout his his Orioles tenure so far, uh, and I'm holding on to hope that Dean Kramer and Keegan Aiken will both take a step forward uh, from what we saw last year in their brief stints with the Orioles. Um, the offense, I think, I think the offense will hit. Um, we've got, I mentioned DJ Stewart being a, a fifth outfielder, but all, all five certainly belong on the roster. And, uh, I could see, uh, some, some offensive production there. Austin Hayes had a great spring. Ryan Mountcastle, Trey Mancini, those bats, Anthony Santander at the top of the lineup are going to look good. Michael Franco could provide some home runs in the middle. He could drive in 60, 70, 80 runs this year. Uh, we, we shall see, but, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I try to go in cautiously optimistic. Um, and I don't think 65 wins, 65 and 97, I think that's a reasonably, a reasonable record to expect out of this team. Um, you know, obviously things could be far, far worse. They could be a little bit better, but, uh, I'll, I'll take the over on 64 and a half wins. Over under four Chris Davis homers. That is a tough one. Because uh, he's starting the season on the 60-day IL, he'll be out for a couple months at least. Uh, and I, uh, I, I got. Mm, I'll take the under on that. I, I'm not sure that even when he does return, if he'll get enough playing time to even hit four home runs. Uh, I'm not sure he'll get 100 at bats this year. And uh, his his power numbers have dwindled. I, all his numbers have dwindled, but. Um, I'll I'll take the under four on Chris Davis homers only because I'm not sure that he'll get enough at bats to even make a run at that number. Uh, over under Trey Mancini 25 home runs. Uh, I'm hammering the over on that one. Um, maybe my expectations are a little too high considering uh, what he's recovering from, but he looks fresh. He hasn't had a season under 24 home runs. He hit 24, 24, and 35 in his respective seasons with the Orioles in 2017, 18, and 19. And uh, I think I think 25 is a little light, and uh, and I'll take the over. I think he pushes 30. He might even go a little bit higher than that. We'll see. More homers. Chris Davis or Ramon Urias? Yeah, I mean, I already said I think Davis goes under four, and I think Urias tops that if he if he maintains the starting second baseman job, or if he even if he claims it and maintains it, I guess, because he's certainly not locked in. But um, he he's not he's not really a home run threat. He had one in his brief time with the Orioles last year, two double digit home run seasons in the minors with the Cardinals, thirteen and ten in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen respectively. Uh, so. He's not going to hit a lot of home runs, but more than Davis, I, I'd expect, if, as long as he gets the playing time. That's These are all contingent upon guys getting enough at-bats. And I think, as it stands right now, Ramon Arias is going to get enough bats at-bats to hit more home runs than Chris Davis will in the season. Which is a weird thing to say. I, I really hope I get to tweet the Chris Davis winking picture. It has been a couple years since I've gotten to do that, which is very unfortunate. But I, uh, I, I hope I get to do that once or twice this year, but I think Arias will outdo him. Orioles MVP odds. Uh, the the person who who brought this one up to me said that Santander is the odds-on favorite. He'd give him plus 250, uh, and that he would take Austin Hayes plus 350. I personally will disagree. I think Trey Mancini is the favorite, and I would probably put him around plus 200. Um, 
you got to remember these are voted on by the media and with all the you know everything surrounding Trey Mancini and his return to baseball I think if he has a somewhat serviceable year I think he walks away with the MVP award and um you know Santander obviously has the the potential to hit 30 35 home runs over the course of the season if he's healthy uh, obviously you know an oblique injury is uh, what he he suffered from last year, and 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 now it it has come back uh, in the spring, and and we'll we'll see how ready he is. But um, I I'd, I'd say Mancini is the MVP favorite uh, as of now. Santander plus two fifty I think is reasonable. Hayes plus three fifty is fair, and that's a good bet I would say. Um, I would probably put Ryan Mountcastle at about plus four hundred, and I think that's where I'd put my money. Um, if he uh, hits as well as he did last year. Obviously, his batting average on balls in play won't be as astronomical as it was. He's not going to hit 330 or 340, but if he can hover around the 270-280 mark, hit 25-30 home runs, and uh, and be a mainstay in left field and play the full season, then I, I think I think that's a, a pretty fair bet. Um, Ryan Mountcastle plus 400 for Orioles MVP. But I, I have to disagree with Santander. I think I think Trey Mancini would be. Uh, the odds-on favorite heading into the season. Will the Orioles be 30 games out by July or August? Uh, I think they'll be pushing it, but not quite. Um, you know, the Yankees and Tampa Bay Rays are going to be really good this year. Toronto may be close behind them. Boston, I don't think, is going to compete. But uh, the Orioles are... are I don't think they'll be within 20 games at that point. I'm not sure they'll be out by 30 just yet. I think at the end of the season you're looking at probably 40 games out. Uh, so I guess I guess 30 by August is fair to say, um, but I, I would probably say the Orioles will be pushing 30 games out by uh, the end of August at least. Do the Orioles trade Trey Mancini this year? I don't think so unless they get an offer they can't refuse. I, I don't think Trey is considered expendable right now. Um, you know, obviously, there's in in terms of the rebuild, will Trey be on the next good Orioles team? We don't know. Um, it could be next year. It could be the year after that. Mancini is uh, is starting to climb toward 30 years old. Uh, but I don't see them trading him this year unless uh, they get a return that they they can't turn down. Um, I I think Elias will certainly listen to offers, but I think in Mancini's case. Considering you know he's the guy on the team that everyone else looks up to, um, I I don't think they'll part with him during the season. Uh, I think I think it's more likely in the off season following this season. Uh, chances I can get four tickets to a home game in late June. Uh pretty good. I'd I'd say pretty good on that one. Um, you know the Orioles aren't going to draw a ton of fans. I think capacity might increase a little bit by late June, uh, and so you know I, I I don't really think personally that um, it, that tickets are going to be too hard to come by later in the season. So that's an interesting question, but no, I don't think you'll have any trouble getting four tickets to a home game in late June. What is my concern level regarding Hunter Harvey's injury? Uh, pretty significant. Um, it's not an arm injury this time, fortunately, but those oblique injuries are tricky and they tend to linger um, and, and affect performance long term. And I don't think we'll see him at full strength until uh, the beginning of next season. Now, Harvey's a guy who he, 
Orioles fans talk about him like he's the next big thing in the bullpen if he's healthy. He's pitched 15 innings at the major league level, uh, which I wouldn't have guessed unless I had seen it on baseball reference. But um, yeah, I mean, it's I'm significantly concerned about it. Harvey has has shown over the last several years that uh, that he can't stay healthy. And and these aren't fluke injuries. These are, are structural arm oblique, whatever it may be. These are these are are baseball injuries. Um, and so yeah, I'm I'm very concerned. Um, I I would like to see him healthy. I'd like to see what we could get out of more than 15 innings from him. But yeah, it, it's hard not to be worried about him. He's on the 60-day IL to start the year. And oh, I I didn't mention that at the beginning, but Hunter Harvey on the 60-day IL. Um, so we'll, we'll see when he comes back, whether it's June, July, August, uh, next year. Uh, but yeah, oblique injuries concern me. Even when guys return from them, it, it affects their performance. And, uh, a guy who throws 99 touches a hundred out of the bullpen. I'm not sure we're going to get that from him this year unless he, they give him the full time necessary to recover and he's feeling a hundred percent before he, uh, starts throwing again. How many prospects get called up this season? I think we'll see a good deal of them. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of roster juggling as the season goes on. Who knows what will happen with uh, with COVID and games being canceled and injuries here and there. But there are a lot of guys knocking on the door who I think we'll see to some extent this year. Um, not counting Keegan Aiken because I don't expect him to be down for very long. Plus, he's already made his debut. Uh, but guys who have not made their debuts yet, I would expect to see... Uh, Jemai Jones, Ryland Bannon at some point uh, to get some time in the infield. Um, I think if Yusniel Diaz is healthy and, and hits well to start off the year in the minor leagues, I think uh, we'll see him get a chance, especially if someone like Cedric Mullins starts to scuffle and, and return to a previous form where he's not quite as good. If DJ Stewart struggles to hit the ball, I think we could see Yusniel Diaz get some time. Um, I'd expect Zach Lothar and Michael Bauman to get maybe a couple starts this year. Uh, or at least looks out of the bullpen, and maybe even Alexander Wells. Um, th- there are a lot of arms who are, are knocking on the door, like I said, and um, and those are some guys I think could could debut at some point this season. Um, I, a lot of people expect Adley to come up at some point. I personally wouldn't count on it. It, it. it wouldn't surprise me, but unless he's absolutely dominating in the minor leagues and showing that the competition level isn't uh, up to par for him, uh, I I don't think we'll see Adley this year. Maybe as a September call up, but um, my my ETA for Adley is opening day 2022, unless the Orioles decide to to play the uh, service time manipulation game, in which case maybe April 15th 2022. We'll see. Who do I see excelling that is not on anyone's radar? Uh, I'm gonna go with a guy who is probably on the radar of many Oriole fans, but uh, can't say the same for fans across the league, and that's Tanner Scott. Uh, he was excellent out of the bullpen last year. Uh, finally was able to uh, show flashes of what we had hoped to see from him for quite some time. Um, his his walk rate last year was a career best, albeit still not quite where you want to see it. Um, his strikeout rate actually dropped by almost 5%, which is, is relatively significant. It's still up around 25%, but um, the biggest reason for his success last year was the quality of contact that his opponents were making. Um, if you look at his Baseball Savant page, there's a lot of red on it, which if you're not familiar with Baseball Savant, that's a very good thing. Um, 
there and there's in terms of his his contact statistics there's nothing lower than 68th percentile across baseball and so that's all those numbers are very encouraging in terms of what Tanner Scott was able to do last year and we hope that carries over and now with Hunter Harvey not in the picture who knows what the Orioles closer situation is going to look like I could see Sean Armstrong, Paul Fry, Dylan Tate, uh, Cole Sulser, God forbid, getting a little bit of run in that closer role. But I think Tanner Scott at the end of the year uh, will lead the Orioles in saves. That's, uh, I guess, a bold prediction. I don't know if you'd call it bold, but uh, I, I expect Tanner Scott to uh, to have another solid year. If he can continue lowering his walk rate a little bit, keep those strikeouts up, and keep forcing poor contact, I mean, you're looking at a guy who could could dominate out of the bullpen once again and so uh, I'm, I'm certainly hoping we get to see some of that um any word on how blaine knight is coming along uh no i <laughs> i don't i don't have any insider info on blaine knight there hasn't been anything said about him recently he was not at the alternate site last year he was not a spring training invite uh, he's, he's not very high on anybody's top prospect boards except for Danny, who was on the podcast a couple months ago, who, uh, has loved Blaine Knight since his time at Arkansas. Uh, but no, I, I, I don't know how Blaine Knight is coming along. And honestly, I'm not too concerned with it. Um, if, if he gets some time in the minor leagues this year and he pitches well, then, then maybe we'll revisit that. But, uh, I don't know any more than the common fan on, uh, Blaine Knight's progress. Um, who do I see the Orioles drafting in June? Well, um, based on performance to start the season and pedigree coming into the season, uh, I think Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter will almost certainly be gone. I don't expect Jordan Lawler to drop to us. Um, guys who the Orioles had been linked to in the past, Judd Fabian, outfielder for Florida, Matt McLean, shortstop at UCLA, uh, those two have not gotten off to the starts that I think would warrant top five picks at this point in the college season. Now, obviously, a lot's going to change between now and the June draft. Um, you know, the college season is is really still just getting started. Uh, teams uh, for the last couple weeks have, have started to get into conference play. But um, Fabian and McLean, I think, have, have kind of fallen off my draft board just a little bit. Um, I don't really see us going with a prep shortstop, although I think it's possible. Uh, but I, I, with the Orioles' window perhaps opening up in the next couple years, I'm not sure they're going to spend their first-round pick on a guy who's still at least three or four years away. Um, if the draft was tomorrow, I think my guy, and this might be a little bit of a reach, I'm not sure how, how much Orioles fans know about this guy, but uh, he's someone I really like, is Old Miss right-hand pitcher Gunnar Hoagland. Um, and that's not just because I like the idea of having two people named Gunner on the team, uh, but he, he's he's off to a fantastic start, and if he can keep it up uh, into SEC play, you know, it's a very tough conference. If he can keep up uh, what he's done so far to start this season, it, he's going to be hard to pass up for me. Um, and independent of his arsenal, he's got three pitches that are at least average, um, and you know his slider is probably above average to plus, his changeup has flashed above average, and uh, and he's got a good fastball that's gotten up to 97 this year. Uh, but the biggest thing is his command. He's in in 37 and two thirds innings this season. He has 65 strikeouts and just eight walks, and uh, that is very appealing to me. 
it, it excites me significantly. And if he can continue that into SEC play, I don't know how you can turn that down. Um, he's, he's shot up draft boards already to start the season. Uh, I've seen him mocked, I think, as high as nine, uh, which would be the Los Angeles Angels, I believe. But if the draft was tomorrow, honestly, I, I would like Gunnar Hoagland. I think, I think he's uh, going to take a year or two in the minors to get polished, but he's a guy who could, could be uh, an impact pitcher on the Orioles alongside Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall. Uh, in the future, and and we'll see what happens. But if the Orioles can't get Kumar or Jack Leiter, then I I my, Hoagland's my guy. Um, and those are all of the questions that I have. Um, so I I guess what I want to do before I end the show is um, just kind of not necessarily hot takes, but just some predictions for the year. Um, I don't really I, I haven't put a ton of thought into these. Uh, people ask for bold predictions and hot takes all the time, and people just kind of say what they want to happen. Um, but I'll go ahead and give you a few that are on my mind. Um, I think by the end of the year, Jorge Lopez will be our most effective pitcher. No disrespect at all to John Means, but uh, Lopez has been solid, and uh, I think he takes another step forward this year. Um uh, he was a waiver claim, uh, la- I guess, last year, and uh, and since then he's shown that uh, he's stuck around, and and he's the number four starter uh, in the opening day rotation, and uh, and I think he's a guy who could take another step forward this year. Um, so Jorge Lopez is my pick to be the Orioles' most effective starting pitcher. I already mentioned I think Tanner Scott is going to lead the team in saves. Again, not really a bold prediction. Um. And and aside from that, there, there's not a whole lot, you know. I think uh, I think Trey Mancini will hit 30 home runs. I think Freddie Galvis will play a solid shortstop. I think Michael Franco, uh, if he hits well enough, I think he'll be traded at the deadline. Uh, I'm not sure we see Rio Ruiz on the team by the end of the year. Um, maybe I'm wrong if he if he shows that he can still hit a little bit. But uh, aside from the first couple weeks of last season. Uh, his his bat is is not where you want it to be, and and I don't think he's part of the Orioles' future. Uh, Pat Vileka, I think, will be a solid utility man. I'm kind of just ro- going through the roster here and giving my thoughts, I guess. Uh, Vileka, I think, will be a utility guy. Arias, I think, has a chance to earn the starting second base position. If he falters, struggles a little bit, I could see Jemai Jones or Ryland Bannon getting an opportunity to replace him there, but I don't expect Pat Vileka to get thrust into a starting role. Um, although anything can happen. You never know. He did get a lot of playing time last year. Uh, catchers Pedro Severino, Chance Sisko. I don't expect a whole lot there. Um, you kind of know what you're going to get with them. Not great defense. Uh, maybe an okay bat. Severino uh, was pretty awful at the end of last year offensively, but um, Sisko's a guy who I'd like to see in the lineup a little more often this year. Um, even if he only hits 230, if he can walk the way he does and, and get on base at a, a 350 clip, um, then then he's a guy I want in the lineup. And I've been on the Chancisco second baseman train for a little while now, and uh, with with not with no sure thing at the position right now. If you want Severino behind the dish and you want Chancisco's bat in the lineup, obviously you got a DH, Trey Mancini, Anthony Santander, probably Ryan Mountcastle, DJ Stewart, Chris Davis when they come back. Uh, they're going to see some time at DH. So I don't think there will be a lot of games where both of those catchers are in the lineup unless the Orioles want to give Cisco a little bit of run at second base. And again, I, I don't know why I would like to see him there. 
it just kind of a uh, you know something that would interest me um but i i do want cisco's bat in the lineup i'd like to see what he could do with regular playing time if he can start to put the bat on the ball a little more consistently because we know he's going to get on base via the walk uh we know he's going to he's not afraid to drop a bunt down the third base line in the eighth inning of a one hitter uh that we're losing seven to nothing uh so so he's a guy i'd like to see a little bit more of um but over to the outfield ryan mountcastle um I, I, again, I mentioned this earlier. I don't expect him to hit. He's not going to hit 330. He's probably not going to hit 300. But um, if he can keep his walk rate close to where it was last year, he, he definitely made some improvements in that because the biggest knock on him was his plate discipline uh, from the from an offensive standpoint, at least. Um, but Mountcastle, I think, uh, 25 home runs, 30 doubles, uh, and I, I hope he can play a serviceable left field. Uh, Cedric Mullins and Austin Hayes, I think, will split some time in center field. I'd like to see Hayes in the lineup a little more consistently, if I'm being honest. Uh, but Mullins at the top of the lineup has, has been a table setter with his ability to drop down a bunt and get on base. His defense in center field is is pretty stellar. Um, but I'd, I'd like to see Austin Hayes get some playing time. He's been absolutely raking this spring. And it's a good problem to have when you got too many outfielders who are worthy of being in your starting lineup. So, um, so those are two guys I'm excited to see how that battle continues to shake out because I don't think I still don't think there's a clear answer to who is the Orioles center fielder um I think if it were up to me I would give Hayes 100 starts and Mullins maybe 60 um D.H. Santander on occasion put Hayes over in right field but uh if Hayes can stay healthy I'm very very excited to see what he can do this year starting rotation I mentioned I think Jorge Lopez is going to be the Orioles best starter I again I don't really have anything to back that up I haven't done a whole lot of research on Jorge Lopez. I just know that uh, my gut tells me that he's going to have a solid year. Uh, John Means, I think, uh, will be will be okay. Uh, Matt Harvey, I think, will be a good complimentary piece to him. Obviously, we know what, what Means is, is coming off of a tough year last year, but showed some uh, significant improvement near the end of the season in his last few starts. So I hope that carries over. Uh, Bruce Zimmerman, I'm not... Super high on him, but I'm excited to see what he can do. He earned that spot in the rotation, and uh, the Orioles are going to give him every chance to excel in that in that spot. Uh, Dean Kramer, I'm a little disappointed. He's the fifth starter because I was hoping to see him in uh, New York on Monday. I'm uh, I'm going to the game. Orioles at Yankees, uh, enemy territory. Very very excited for that. But I was hoping to see Kramer pitch. It'll be Jorge Lopez instead. Uh, that's okay. I just I really wanted to see Dean Kramer's hair. Uh, the bullpen is not great. It's not bad. Uh, it's 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 fine. It's fine. Tanner Scott, I think, will lead the team in saves. I mentioned that already. Uh, Dylan Tate, I'm hoping he continues to make strides forward. Um, his peripheral stats weren't great last year, but his results were pretty good. Uh, he even got himself on pitching ninja a couple times with his sinker slider combo. Uh, Cesar Valdez, dead fish change up out of the bullpen. Uh, I'm excited to see him continue throwing that. It's a very fun pitch to watch. Paul Fry was a lot better than than people give him credit for last season. I hope that carries over. Cole Sulcer, I'm not sure why he made the team, if I'm being honest. I really don't want to see him pitch anymore, but uh, Brandon Hyde likes him for some reason. Uh, Adam Plutko was an acquisition that doesn't really excite me. Um, I, I, I had to look up the difference between Adam Plutko and Aaron Savali of the Indians because I, I've gotten those two confused for as long as they've been in the big leagues. Uh, but Plucko just, it, it, he doesn't move the needle for me. Um, we'll, we'll, you know, he'll be in a, a little bit of a swingman role, might get a couple starts, 
might be a long man. Uh, Wade LeBlanc is is kind of the same to me. I think Wade LeBlanc is a left-handed Adam Plutko, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the Rule 5 guys, I, I don't think Scroller lasts the entire year. Wells, I think, was good enough in spring training to get a, a little more extended look. Uh, but, you know, we'll see we'll see what happens as, as things shape up throughout the year. Uh, Davis, I don't expect to come back and do anything, really. DJ Stewart, I think, will hit some homers, draw some walks. But I don't think that he's an everyday outfielder uh, just yet. Uh, and, and Sean Armstrong, when he returns, I think is going to be a, a strong arm out of the bullpen. Um, I think when Armstrong returns, it'll be either Scroller or Sulser who gets the boot out of that bullpen. And uh, as as guys perhaps Lothar and Bauman come up, I could see them uh, taking spots away from, from either of those two guys as well. Um, but that's, that's just about all I have for you guys. Uh, I talked to myself for about 36 minutes, it looks like. And uh, I think I did okay. I'd, I'd, I'd appreciate your feedback. Um, again, I, I feel like I have a tendency to just kind of ramble sometimes when I'm when I'm talking to myself, and I'm sitting in a cold basement alone right now. And um, before I ramble uh, too much longer, uh, follow at Birdland Sports on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, uh, YouTube. Uh, you can follow me at RyeGuyBlake at Orioles Fan Probs with a Z. Um, the, the future of this podcast is going to be fun. If you have any interest in joining the show, please feel free to shoot me a message on, on either of those two accounts. Again, it's Ragguy Blake, Orioles fan, probs with a Z. You may or may not have seen me. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably follow me on Twitter. So uh, slide in my DMs. They're open on both accounts. Uh, I'm always happy to, to talk. And if you want to hop on the podcast and say some words at some point, feel free to shoot me a message. I'll add you to my list, and, uh, and we will make that happen at some point. I'm hoping to, to do video. And um, I'll get a studio set up, or, or at least a makeshift studio for now. Uh, I'm still in an Airbnb for at least another month uh, apartment, hopefully the middle of May. We'll see how things go. I'm just living life, baby. I'm having some fun. Uh, so uh, thank you, as always, to Derek and Tony at Utah Street Report for hosting the pod. And uh, if I can get back onto a uh, every Thursday schedule, then I will see you all next week. Happy opening day. Ooh.